Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Are you spending too much time managing your Airbnb guest communications? With Avida IQ's easy-to-use automated messaging service, your guest communications go on autopilot so you can go back to living your life. Get your free Aviva IQ account at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, everybody, in our episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm co-hosting this episode with Marco Smorak. Did I pronounce it right? Yes, good job. Awesome. And Marco, of course, is the co-founder and CEO of Hostly. Marco, yes. how's it going? Great, great. Things are great here in San Francisco. It's freezing and it's summer, but everybody's enjoying the sun. <laughs> San Francisco must have the weirdest climate in the world. It is so strange. Basically, it's kind of the same weather all year. And then the part where it's really hot in the rest of the country and you know the Northern Hemisphere, it's freezing here. So it's a strange thing for people who come here in the summer. Still pretty, though. It's very different from what I'm experiencing here in Las Vegas. It's been over 100 degrees. And so I've been spending most of the time inside the air-conditioned uh, hotels because it's pretty crazy you go outside. It's so hot here. Yeah, it's like a tidal wave of heat, right? <laughs> I remember that when I was there. Yeah. I'm flying to Amsterdam tomorrow, so I'll be back in uh, more normal temperatures then. Very cool. Let's start with an article in the entrepreneur.com. It is titled, How to Handle Airbnb Guests Who Break the Rules. It's a pretty, pretty good article. It basically has a lot of tips on what to do when Airbnb guests break the rules, but also how to prevent it. So the article mentions that it's very important, of course, you know, to publish your house rules because before Airbnb guests can make a booking, they have to accept the house rules first. So that way Airbnb gonna guarantees that people will actually look at it. I think before Airbnb implemented this, it was often the case that people wouldn't read the house rules. And so then they would do something and the host would say, Hey, you're not allowed to do that. And they, they weren't aware of it. You know, they, because they didn't read the house rules. That's definitely a good improvement. It's been on the platform for a while. The article also mentions that even though the guests have to confirm that they read the house rules, it's still good to also provide them with a printed house manual when they arrive and even just verbally mention the different house rules that are there. So just to make sure that, you know, that the guests are fully aware of, you know, what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. They also mentioned the security deposit. I think one thing that's good to mention is that you can charge the security deposit, but it doesn't work like some people think it works. It's not like if there's any damages, you already have the money, you can just take it. You still need Airbnb to approve the request. It is a security deposit, but you know, you're not guaranteed to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's kind of like a claim that you have to file later on. Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting that you're bringing this up because in one of our very first conversations with Airbnb hosts back in 2015, 
we had a host who had a lot of really specific requirements about her place. She wanted people to only wear soft-soled shoes. And if they wanted to smoke a cigarette, they had to go a certain number of feet from the doorway. And one of the things that she wanted was almost like the feature that Airbnb has now, but then with like a DocuSign thing built into it where people would check off and initial like sections of the house rules because she still would walk people through it, but she wanted almost like a legal contract that would specify down to a lot of detail. It's interesting. It will be interesting to see how this works. I think it will satisfy most hosts, but I gained a new appreciation for the level of detail that some people need to have around how their guests are treating their house. So anyway, that was just brought me back for a second there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I also yeah. know hosts who make their guests sign a separate agreement upon arrival. I've never done that because I've, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't really feel like very nice welcome. It's the first thing that you have to do when you show up is to sign another contract. Definitely some hosts do that. Now the article has some other advice for what to do when there's actually a problem. So they say, and the first thing you can do, obviously, is just if it's something minor, you can just kind of ignore it. Consider it part of the business expense, like if somebody breaks a glass or something. I've never actually had to file a claim with Airbnb, even after hosting you know, over 350 groups. Any damages that was caused was always very minor, so I, I never made a big deal of it. If there is something that you think should be mentioned, then having a discussion with your guest first I think it's the best way to go. The article mentions that as well. And then obviously, if you can't come to an arrangement with your guests, you have to get Airbnb involved. So you want to report violations to Airbnb. And then uh, you can use the Airbnb resolution tool to get compensated for damages that you've incurred. One thing that the article doesn't mention, which I think is very, very crucial, is that you always want to have evidence. So... As soon as you're aware of a certain damage or the guest breaking the house rules, if there's any way you can take a picture or even maybe have the guest confirm it or somehow like record a conversation or whatever it is, you need evidence because when you get Airbnb involved, that's what they're going to look at. If you can't provide evidence, then it becomes a matter of, okay, who, who do we believe? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Airbnb is never going to provide you with some sort of refund for damages. You know, if there's no proof, if it's just based on what you're telling them. And I've actually experienced the first ever case that I've been involved in personally through the Airbnb resolution tool was um, a few weeks ago. I stayed in uh, New York and the host sent me uh, a $300 uh, request because apparently the apartment, he thought it wasn't clean, which was true because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I thought that was uh, included in the, uh, in the price, which it normally is, right? You know, this person didn't provide any evidence. So the whole story was just based on him saying, yeah, the apartment was like really dirty and I had to pay $300 to get it cleaned, but mm -hmm. he didn't supply any pictures or anything. So, you know, I, it was pretty much resolved within a day where I got an email from Airbnb saying that the case was closed and I didn't have to pay anything. Oh, really? Wow. That was fast. That's, yeah. That's impressive, actually. Well, I mean, I, in my opinion, the claim was a bit ridiculous. Excessive. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised because yeah, exactly. if you want to charge a cleaning fee, then you got to do it up front. Uh, right. Or if you don't charge a cleaning fee, then it's assumed that the cleaning is included in the price. Yeah, I, I completely mean. agree. Anyway, so I think that's the most important thing. Like Always make sure you get evidence. Uh, another thing that, that's in the article that I think is worth mentioning is that you know sometimes there's been rare issues where it's been reported by Airbnb hosts that guests 
will invade their private areas and you know steal things or make copies of personal documents. And so they mentioned that it's wise to either have a safe or have a closed uh, storage space in your house where you keep all your personal stuff. I think that's a good, good advice. Uh, just mm-hmm. in case, you know, I mean... Honestly, like I said, like I've hosted over 350 groups. I've never had any any sorts of problems. I think it is very rare, but better safe than sorry. Yeah, like a closet or a safe or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, something that you can I, lock. Yeah, although I'd, sometimes I feel like if you do that and someone's really looking for something, they're going to find it. Like, <laughs> like in some ways, it's just better to like put your stuff in sort of different places and then it's less... You know, like, I don't know, I, I, I'm i kind of with you. And like, if you're gonna, I bet a locked closet with will deter most people. But if somebody really wants to steal your stuff, like they'll figure out a way to get into it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It does spike the interest, right? If you yes, if if you arrive at a home and the host shows you around, and then there's one room, is like, okay, this room is the secret forbidden room. You're not allowed in yes. there. Then the first <laughs> thing you want to do is like break into the room, see what's there, right? Exactly. That's right. Let's see. Airbnb has hired Denny Glover. Is that Glover, yeah. Glover to address racism allegations? Yes. What are your thoughts? I've been talking a lot, so I mean, I'm going to give you oh, the opportunity well, to talk a bit Danny more. Denny Glover is sort of like a, an American icon, especially for his movies, Lethal Weapon, where he plays like a a very likable and sort of fumbling character. But this is apparently Danny Glover is also an activist for social justice and alleviating poverty. And he's going to serve as an advisor to Airbnb to help them get more communities of color to list on the platform. And I think this is Airbnb's focus on trying to make their platform more diverse and less associated with upper class white people, which it has a pretty strong association with that right now. I think we've mentioned this in the past, but there are other platforms that have actually popped up in response to some of the racism allegations that have been against Airbnb not to say that I necessarily agree with them, but this company called Inclusive is all about people of color renting to other people of color. And I'm sure that Airbnb is just trying to shore up its bench of people within the company that can help them expand their network to be not just with one class of people. So very high profile hire. Everyone loves Danny Glover. So definitely a, a good good place for them to start. Right. And you mentioned Inclusive. Uh, I actually interviewed the founder of Inclusive in one of the podcast episodes. I can't remember which one it was, but I'll put it in the show notes. He actually posted on Medium. There's an article in the Financial Times that talks about that Airbnb has hired Danny Clover. But then there's also an article on Medium, and that's actually Danny's uh, personal Medium page where he talks about why he decided to work with Airbnb. And he's saying that Airbnb is very committed to getting it right. He says he's been incredibly heartened to see the resources, desire, and drive they are directing towards ensuring that their service is used fairly and inclusively. So I don't know if this is his personal opinion or you know, if Airbnb if encouraged him to or gave him uh, put some words in his mouth. But in any case, it definitely seems that, that he's involved in uh, other types of activities as well, a political activist. Like you said, so he's, uh, he seems very committed to this cause. Yeah, and it's, it's also in that blog post, he mentions the NAACP, which is like a longstanding, very well-respected organization in the United States promoting civil rights and equality. Anyway, I, I think it's like a really good move for them. It's just completely aligned with that NAACP partnership that they announced, I think about three or four months ago. 
hosts. I am having so much fun running my Airbnb and hosting travelers from all around the world. I have to admit, though, ensuring my guests receive all the details about their stay on time can be stressful and overwhelming. Recently, I learned about a cool new service called Aviva IQ. Aviva IQ automates, personalizes, and delivers my guest communications automatically, so I don't have to. Now I can relax knowing my guests are informed and happy. Did I mention Aviva IQ is free? Get your life back at www.avivaiq.com. There's an article in The Hollywood Reporter... Uh, and it says Airbnb launches insider Hollywood travel experiences with choreographers, costume designers, and more. And first, when I saw the headline, I thought this was something new. But this is basically just a, a bunch of Airbnb experiences that have been launched. Uh, I don't think this is anything new, is it? No, as far as I can tell, it's not. It's like a packaged deal, like a different a different thing than the experiences, like a packaged stay plus experience thing. But I don't, I don't think so. I think they... They also had something else, a partnership with Vice too, right? Yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in any case, there are some cool uh, experiences that you can book in Hollywood. A shopping mm-hmm. tour with Mad Men custom designer Janie Bryant. Mad Men is a popular TV series, I believe. I haven't watched it, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, you haven't watched it? It's great. Oh, okay. It, actually, uh, my favorite one is Deadwood, which is like a sort of a sleeper hit. It's like Shakespeare set in the pioneer days of like cowboy, like Western. And it's really good. The writing is really good. It didn't go on for very many seasons, but it's, if you're really into like historical fiction and well-written shows, I would encourage people to check it out. It's called I, Deadwood. Yeah, I've actually yeah. watched it. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, paints a, really paints an interesting picture of those days. The when people were uh, you know looking for gold and stuff, the gold rush. Yeah. Exactly. You can also get dance instruction with Michael Jackson's choreographer Kenny Ortega. So I guess I don't know. It's just a bunch of uh, experiences that are featured. Pretty interesting to check it out. There was a hurricane last week as well in Texas, Hurricane Harvey, and of course, whenever there's a disaster is somewhere in the world airbnb helps the people that are affected to find uh, free housing you know they waive the fees on all bookings between august 23rd and september 1st so about a week or so and people were encouraged to offer up their homes for free and i I checked it out there's a section of the site airbnb.com slash disaster and then slash the name of whatever the disaster is in this case it was hurricane harvey evacuees and so if you look at that page you can select i need a place to stay or i can offer my place for free and so i thought it would be fun to see how many people actually providing their homes for free so yeah how yeah, many was there? I checked it out. There's 14 pages, and each page has about 12 homes. So 14 times 12, if I calculate uh, quickly, that is 168. The homes are being offered for free. There could have been more because obviously when people book these places, they uh, they don't show up anymore. You know, at the time that I looked, there was 168 rooms or houses completely bookable for free in the Texas area. So most of the listings are in Dallas, Austin, and uh, San Antonio, the biggest cities in Texas, I guess. Uh, surprisingly, Houston wasn't on there. I uh, don't know why. Maybe Houston wasn't affected as much. But anyway, it's cool to see that Airbnb is always quick to, you know, to jump on these things and help people, you know, by providing free housing. Mm-hmm. 
another article in the Entrepreneur how two old school travel platforms are beating Airbnb. It seems like a bit of a marketing post for TripAdvisor and HomeAway, but there's a couple of things in there that I thought were interesting. First of all, I mean, basically what the article is saying is that, you know, although Airbnb is very successful, uh, HomeAway and TripAdvisor are, are doing very well at the same time. Like VRBO, for example, which is a HomeAway brand, reported a 50% quarter over quarter revenue growth. And TripAdvisor has seen listings numbers explode from 50,000 to 830,000. Now, that actually surprised me. 830,000 listings on TripAdvisor. That's quite a lot. Now, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how many bookings they actually get because I know a lot of hosts who are, you know, listing on Airbnb. They, they list on other platforms as well. And I've yet to meet the first host who says that they get most of their bookings from TripAdvisor. Advisor. So, you know, it's one thing to have a lot of listings, but if you don't actually get a lot of bookings, then it doesn't really matter. But basically, the article is an interview with executives at uh, HomeAway and TripAdvisor. And I think there's one other thing that, that I want to mention is, you know, it seems that HomeAway is really trying to position themselves as the, you know, as the platform for the, the higher end places for entire homes, vacation rentals. So, you know, they're, they're really focusing on the popular tourist destinations versus they're saying that Airbnb is more, you know, focusing on like the urban rentals and like mm -hmm. homes versus entire houses. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I was going to say that I think the listings growth that's reported by TripAdvisor is a lot about their acquisitions. They um, acquired House Trip this year, which offers around 300,000 properties across Europe. So they're buying up, you know, other bookings platforms. That's how they're getting their growth. And I think it's a good question that you said, which is like, what's our, what are the bookings? And if they're not mentioning it in the article, they're probably trying to not mention it. So I read this as a very clear, like how these two other platforms are, are trying to differentiate and, and successfully doing so against Airbnb. The takeaway is that they're really trying to entrench themselves in this luxury market and they are trying to align their brands with that so that if you have a high-end vacation rental home and you live in a ski town or a beach town and you talk to your neighbors, they say, oh yeah, I do it with HomeAway or, or TripAdvisor and they don't mention Airbnb. So they're, they're all about getting supply. Also, truthfully, like they are growing quite well probably the same as Airbnb is in some of those segments. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next seven or 10 years when the market's supposed to continue to grow a lot. It's a $100 billion market for vacation rentals right now, and it's going to grow to $285 billion. This is reported by Piper Jaffray by 2025. So we can expect to see a lot of growth from lots of different players, not just Airbnb. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up on top. I don't have any predictions about that yet. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I received a question. Actually, I received a, a number of questions about whether you get penalized as an Airbnb host for declining reservations and also what the difference is between declining a reservation or canceling a reservation that you receive through Instant Book. It seems like there's still a lot of confusion around the topic of Instant Book and you know how many times can you cancel and can you cancel penalty-free and what if you decline a lot of uh, reservation requests that are not instant books. And so I just wanted to quickly summarize how this works again. So first of all, there's we got to make a distinction between bookings that you receive and inquiries that you receive, right? When you receive an inquiry, you then have 24 hours to 
either accept or decline the inquiry. Now, Mm -hmm. declining an inquiry, as far as I know, will never hurt you. You won't get penalized for declining a reservation inquiry uh, or, you know, like a booking request because, you know, as a host, you're, you're always allowed to decide who gets to stay in your place. However, obviously, you know, if you decline a booking request, and you don't find an alternative guest, then you're, you're missing out on a booking and that will have negative consequences, you know, for future bookings. Cause the more bookings that you get, the more reviews, there's word of mouth. So there's, you know, every booking that you receive has an effect on the amount of future bookings that you will get. You know, it also has an effect on your position in your, uh, of your listing in the search results. Cause obviously Airbnb wants to show the listings that get booked the most. And so, you know, even though Airbnb doesn't directly penalize you for declining a booking, it is very favorable for you as an Airbnb host to, you know, to get as many bookings as possible. If you're using Instant Booked, first of all, you can set a filter, right? You can determine who gets to use Instant Booked and who doesn't get to use Instant Booked. So first of all, you know, when you turn on Instant Book, you can choose all guests must send a reservation request or guests who meet all of your requirements can book instantly, right? So if you choose guests who meet all your requirements can book instantly, then people can use that to book your listing instantly without you having to accept or decline it. You can set some requirements, right? Airbnb has standard requirements for instant booked, uh, which includes a profile picture, confirmed email and phone number, and payment information. And you can also set uh, the requirement that the guest has to upload a government-issued ID and that the guest needs at least one positive recommendation from other hosts and that guests don't have a negative review. So these are the extra sort of requirements that you can set. And once you do that... You know, people who qualify, they can book your listing instantly, but you still can cancel those bookings. So not the bookings that you decline or accept, only the bookings that come through instant book. You can cancel them penalty-free three times if you feel uncomfortable with the guest. So Airbnb will, will ask you why you're canceling and you have to explain them like, hey, this, you know, I just feel uncomfortable with this booking. Now, Airbnb doesn't actually mention on their website that... So, oh, I have a question. So this is just based on their profile and any communications they've had with you? Like that's what, all that you can claim it on? Okay, so if you go to uh, the Airbnb website, you go to airbnb.com slash host slash instant book, they actually mention you can cancel penalty-free. It literally says, we have your back. Guests who don't meet your requirements will send a reservation request. If you've ever uncomfortable with a reservation before or during a trip, you can cancel penalty-free. Now they say that, but I've had this discussion in the the Get Paid for Your Pet Facebook group, and somebody once mentioned that it's only three times that you can do this. And I contacted Airbnb, and this turned out to be true. But the way it works is you can cancel three times. But if you want to cancel more, and this is per year, then you'll have to contact Airbnb first. So you have to talk to them and explain to them like, hey, I've already canceled three times, but now I want to cancel a fourth time, and it's because of XYZ. And so I don't know if it's guaranteed to be able to cancel penalty-free. It's definitely a topic that Airbnb uh, could be a little bit more clear about because, you know, what they mentioned on their website that you can cancel a penalty-free regardless of how many times, my understanding is that's actually not the case. So, yeah, so I can understand why a lot of people are confused about this, at least like declining requests and cancellations and stuff, but hopefully this clarifies things a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think making that distinction between inquiry and booking is um, really important too. So, 
Sweet. Well, yeah. uh, we're already at the end of the episode. It always yes. flies by so fast. So, Marco, thank you so much for, for joining. I'll speak to you again uh, in a couple of weeks. And okay. um, all the listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. And next week, we'll be back with another news episode. And of course, on Monday, there will be another episode as well. So, hope to see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.